UFC 280 post-fight show. Holy shit. So this fight was filled with... Okay, so pretty much I predicted a lot of how these fights were going to go if they went a certain way. You know, which if they went a certain way. um, You know, if they went a certain way. And so, and I was right. I was actually right. Um, You know, and I I was actually right. I was right. Um, The first co-main event, you know, left a bitter taste in my mouth, but it it is what it is on that. Um, Like I said... I can't be mad, you know, I, I can't, well, I was doing two things at once, so I, I got, I was getting a little frustrated at the other thing, so I started taking my anger out on the, on the fight, but, uh, you know, you can't really be too mad, because it's kind of just how the UFC operates, um, and, but uh, we'll start with that fight, okay, Peter Yan versus Sugar Sean, I said from the very beginning, if it goes to a decision, Sugar Sean's gonna win, doesn't matter if he kicks Peter Yan's ass, doesn't matter if Peter Yan kicks his ass, if it goes to a decision, Sugar Sean is gonna win. All right, he's the UFC's golden goose. He is the big. He is a nothing more than a hype train, and the UFC is trying to push his hype, trying to push that hype train to the very top. Um, as I said, they've as I said before, they already like I said from the very beginning, this fight was nothing more than just a way to pump Sugar Sean up. They they even they said they're gonna give him a title shot after this fight, which goes to show you that they every intention they they pulled every they had every intention of giving of pumping of putting the machine behind Sugar Sean. They weren't gonna give Peter Yan the title shot if Peter Yan had won. Okay, that that's not who they were putting their efforts into. Um, the fir- the fight starts out, you know, pretty much Peter Yan. He starts out quick. He's putting pressure. You know, I was a little worried because, as I said before, you know, when you're fighting somebody like Sugar Sean, you want to hang back in the cut and pick your shots. But obviously, Peter Yan saw something in Sugar Sean's game for him to, you know, put the pressure and really dig in hard shots into Sean. Um, Sean, of course, he looked very flat. He did not look good. Um, it looked like he had trouble with the pressure. It looked like when Sean would hit him with shots, it looked like his his demeanor was, he, he did not show a very confident demeanor walking to the cage. And it was very clear in his fight that he didn't have a very confident demeanor. And every time Jan would hit him with a shot, you would see his demeanor change every time. Um, there was a moment when Sean caught him with a good right that did hurt Peter Yan, but then Peter Yan came back and hurt him, took him down, controlled him, hit him with ground and pound. Um, second round, same thing. Peter Yan just kept working, 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 pe- pepping him up on the feet, got him down, controlled him, worked ground and pound. And the thing is too, is like, it wasn't like he was throwing ground and pound just to look active. He was throwing effective ground and pound. He was throwing effective shots, you know, um, third round, same thing, Peter Yan throwing the more effective shots where Sugar Sugar Sean, he's just throwing, he's just throwing just to throw at this point. He's just throwing just to throw with the hopes that something lands. It, it was pretty clear, you know, he's just throwing just to throw at this point. He's just throwing with the hopes that something lands. He manages to land a knee that cuts Peter Yan, but of course it doesn't make a difference because Peter Yan constant pressure, hitting him with the more clean, effective shots, takes him down, controls him, hits him with effective ground and pound, and pretty much you would think all signs pointed to Peter Yan should have won. If anything, if you, if anything, if you were, if, if, if anything, if you were like a casual, 
you know, I could see them giving Sugar Sean the third round. I can see Sugar Sean getting the third round just based off the cut. Just based off the cut and the amount of volume that he threw in the third round. He threw a good he threw in a good amount of volume to warrant an argument that he won the third round. But the first two rounds he did not deserve at all. And it's completely asinine that the UFC well it's completely asinine that he got the decision you know it's completely ridiculous but and a lot of fans are pissed off you know I was like going through the comment section on Instagram of different pages and and a lot of people were pissed that you know and, and this was this was a robbery this is not this is not a fight that you can say was a close fight this is not a fight that you can say with a close fight at all. Yes, Sugar Sean was able to cut him, and there was a moment where he tagged him with a right hand, but that was all about. But that was about all Sugar Sean can do. He had nothing left after those two big moments, and to say it was a close fight is is completely as is is completely asinine. You can't say it was a close fight. This is not one of those fights where, you know, one guy was doing good, you know, one guy was showing one guy was having his way, the other guy was having his way, and it was just one of those little like, you know, who do you give it to more? Because Sean couldn't do anything from the bottom either. I could see if like let's say Peter Yan took him down and Sean was working from the bottom, throwing up submissions and attacking him with strikes. You know, um, but that's not what he did. He was very defensive. He tried to tie up and stall the fight. And it was clear that the guy that and, and, and the thing is, too, the thing about takedowns, takedowns don't mean shit if, unless the opponent does something, unless either guy does something. If the guy on top who unless the guy who did the takedown does something, if the guy on top takes the opponent down and he does nothing, well, then it should go to the guy who on bottom who was doing something. But if the guy on bottom is doing nothing, then it should go to the guy on top who took him down. Even though the guy on top isn't doing anything, it should go to him because he's the one who initiated the position. And 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 I'll, I'm gonna I'll, that that's a completely different story. But it was and that's a big conversation for another time. But Sugar Sean couldn't really do much on the feet. He did nothing on the bottom. Peter Yan, pretty much Peter Yan did the far better work. He did, he did the more effective work, you know, and he should have won this fight. But as I said before, you know, it, the decision, <laughs> but as I said before, the UFC did not, but as I said before, the UFC is not going to let that happen. They know, they want Sugar Sean to fight for a title. They want Sugar Sean to win the title. Sugar Sean's their hype train. He's pretty much their new version of Conor McGregor. And they are trying to pump him up with every bit of, they're trying to find, they're trying to pull every dirty trick in the book to get him to the top. Um, is he ready to fight for a title? Absolutely not. He's absolutely he's not even ready to fight the top five. Um, when you overall look at the performance, I mean, Peter Yan pretty much bullied him. Like it was it was kind of like it, it was bullying him. Like he was getting taken down. He was getting pushed back. I mean, like Peter Yan was muscling him around. And personally, I mean, I think Sugar Sean should probably look into maybe going to one twenty five. I don't or one twenty five or I, I don't know if. Sugar Sean can handle 125. I don't know if Sugar Sean can handle guys who are, you know, who are strong and can just muscle him around because that was one thing too, which is one of the reasons why if they do give him the title shot, you know, he's going to 
you know, he I think Al Jermaine's gonna run right through him is because is gonna run right through him is because you know, when Peter Yon took him down, he took him down fairly easy and controlled him fairly easy. You know, Sean couldn't really do much from the bottom and was controlled fairly. Sean couldn't do much from the bottom. And someone like, and if Peter Yon, a guy who's not a wrestler, can take you down and control you like that, imagine what a guy like Aljamain Sterling can do. A guy who's really good at taking people down and getting that back take. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen if they fight. I think Aljamain's going to finish him in the first round if they fight, or maybe the second. But Sean should not get the title shot. I mean, he needs a lot of work. And once again, the fact that they gave him this fight is a testament to, it just proves everyone right that he is nothing more than a hype train and the UFC is just trying to pump him up to get, and they're trying to pump him up into something that he's not. I mean, it's unfortunate for Peter Yan because, you know, he has to live with that loss to the hype train hanging over his head. I mean, could he get a rematch? Possibly. Yes, could, yes, possibly. He could get a rematch. I mean, but the UFC is not going to make it easy for him. They're, they're not going to make it easy for him. They're going to, you know, they're, they're, they're going to probably throw him against killer after killer, you know, make him have the toughest climb all the way back up to the top. And if he does get the rematch, he'll probably be too fragile and too beat up to really, you know, beat Sean and then Sean wins. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, well, Sean's better than Jan, you know, and then, then, yeah. So it's really unfortunate. And I feel really bad for Peter Jan because he's had a very tough climb. He's had a lot of ups and downs and, you know, yeah, I mean, and, and that just goes to show you like the UFC doesn't care about, the, the UFC really doesn't care about fighters as much as they think they do. Because if they did, they would have never put this fight together and they have never had this decision. They would never allowed this decision to be made. But like I said, business has no feelings. It's cold, calculated, straight to the point. And that's how the that's how it is. I mean, it's unfortunate. But uh definitely, I mean, it's obvious. Sean's getting the title shot. I mean, I he ain't winning the belt. <laughs> you know, that's for sure. And, you know, and um, Peter Yan, I mean, he's got a long road ahead. He's going to have a he's going to have a tough climb, but I think he can do it. I think he can do it. I think he can come back. And I and, you know, as much as I would like to see him get that rematch with Aljo, I would love to see him get that rematch with Sugar Sean. I want to see him rematch Sugar Sean and and, you know, and finish him, you know, because. At the end of the day, it really boils down to the fact that it, it Peter Yan should have finished him. It, it's it, it boils down to the fact that, in a way, it's kind of Peter Yan's fault because Peter Yan should have finished him. He had him pretty beat up. He had him controlled. He should have got the finish. He should have. He should have finished him. But it is what it is. I mean, hold on. It was, sorry, it is what it is, but uh, yeah, it, it's unfortunate. But um, yeah, Sugar Sean got the decision, and uh, no, and like I said, no surprise there. Um, Aljamain Sterling versus T.J. Dillashaw. Holy shit! I said from the, I said going into this fight, this fight can be like Luke Rockhold, Paulo Costa, where one guy looks really good, the other guy looks really bad, and. Aljamain Sterling looked really fucking good, and T.J. looked really fucking bad. Um. He did, TJ did pop his shoulder out 
you know, in the midst of us in, in the midst of when he got taken down by Aljo, but I don't think it would have made a difference. Yeah, but personally, I don't think it would have made a difference. I don't think I, I don't think TJ would have been able to win that fight, just given how easily, you know, Aljo took him down and, you know, controlled him. You know, I mean, you know, Aljamain came in that fight looking pretty, pretty thick, like pretty muscular. But um, but yeah, I don't. But yeah, I don't I don't think TJ would have won just how easily Aljamain took him down, got on top and controlled him. I, I shoulder or no shoulder, I don't think it would have happened. I, I don't think TJ would have won. But yeah, but either way, it's it, it went exactly how I said, where one guy could look really good, the other guy could look really bad. And TJ looked that bad and you know, Aljamain looked good. I know people will say, well, he hurt his shoulder, but Here's the thing, you know, he got taken down and controlled fairly easily before the shoulder, before the shoulder popped. And if you look at the way he came in, he kind of came in very, you know, low to the ground, flat footed. And and that was something very and that was something very telling. But um, but like I said, it just it just either way you look at it. I was I was right. So but um, but yeah, Aljo just came in. The one thing the reason why Aljo lands those ankle picks so good is because the, the, the reason why Al, the reason why Aljamain lands those ankle picks so good is because he switches stances. He switches to the stance of whatever lead leg that you're on. So if you're a southpaw, he switches to orthodox. If you're an orthodox, he switches to southpaw. That way it covers the distance for him to travel when reaching for that leg. And that's how he gets guys. You know, and that was and that's how he gets guys. As soon as he sees that you kind of as soon as he sees you settled on, on one specific stance, he immediately switches stances. He switches stances so that way he can get that ankle pick. If you switch opposite of him, he can't get those takedowns. You know, that was something that was that was very obvious. And, um, you know, it was just, it was, you know, very obvious. And one of the other things too, is just like, man, he, he came in that fight very thick looking, like he very big. And I wonder how much he had to cut. I wonder how heavy he is in, you know, in the fight, you know, because definitely the size was, was definitely a factor. He came into that fight very big. TJ came into that fight very small and, you know, you know, size and strength do play a factor when, you know, when, you know, when someone knows when done correctly and someone knows what they're doing. So, yeah, TJ, I mean, yeah. So, like I said, I, I just don't think shoulder or no shoulder TJ would have won just based off of the way TJ was moving and the way Aljo was just and the way his body looked versus the way Aljo was moving and the way his body looked. But, like I said, one fighter looked really good. The other fighter looked really bad. And that and it went that way for Aljo. Um Islam Makachev versus somebody's somebody's honking horns. Anyways, but yeah, Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira. Holy shit! This fight is something. This fight was okay. So this fight, I said from the very beginning, I said that th this fight was close. I said from the very beginning that both fighters, whoever takes it to the ground, you know, it, it depends on one. They have whoever takes it to the ground. 
they have to be offensive. They cannot be defensive. They have to be completely offensive. They cannot lie there and be defensive and defend shots. They have to work. They have to attack. The fight started out, and, you know, pretty much Islam got it to the ground. And, you know, was pretty much putting the pressure and just smothering him. And that was and that was also the other thing, too, that I said in the fight, too, was a really good pressure passer can can make even the most skilled jiu-jitsu players look look weak and islam put a lot of pressure i mean when he got it to the ground he put a lot of pressure on on Oliveira, and you could see it in Oliveira. You can, and you could see it in Oliveira's demeanor that he's never had somebody put pressure on him like that. And he tried to, you know, and he tried to attack. He tried to attack, but Islam never stopped attacking. Also, and that's the thing. And Islam's never stopped attacking. Also, and that, and that's where he messed up. Was he? Hold on. All right. Ooh, okay. So back. Sorry. Had to get my tires fixed. But, um, okay, so what was it? Oh, yeah, Islam Makhachev versus, um, you know, Charles Oliveira. So this fight, this is one of those fights where, you know, I said that in order for the other one, to, in order for each guy to win, they have to be offensive on the ground. They have to be offensive. You can't be defensive. And Oliveira... The, was more defensive and and Oliveira was more defensive on the ground than Islam Makhachev was. The mini the, the thing is is he tried to attack. He tried he tried to attack. It was it was very clear. Like he he tried to attack, but the problem was was he couldn't stay consistent on the ground. And you know he he couldn't stay consistent on the ground. That was the problem. And even though yes. You know, he he just he even in the well. Let me rephrase that. He couldn't stay consistent on the ground. He was he was trying he was trying hard, but Islam was just putting so much pressure, and the the th he was just putting so much so much pressure, and you know he he was putting just so much pressure that. I, I and as I've said before, a really good pressure passer can make even the most skilled jujitsu player look very could could make the could smother him could make the even most skilled jujitsu player look very weak, and that's what we were seeing. You know, just the pressure of Islam was just making it hard for Oliveira to really work his jujitsu, and you know, it made it hard for him to really you know do most of the stuff. On the ground, it was one of those things. Like I said, you know, Oliveira was very offensive. Was not as offensive on the bottom, like he should, because, you know. And another thing people seem to forget is Oliveira's losses have all been to guys who aren't afraid to go to the ground with him, and Islam wasn't afraid to go to the ground. He took it to the ground, you know. I think, um, you know, I think Oliveira, you know, um, it's tough. It's tough to say, but, well. I'm sorry, I had a very long day, but anyways, so I said in this fight, Len, to bring it to bring it back, I said in this fight that Oliveira or Islam Makhachev, whoever gets takes to the ground, has to be offensive, and that's what happened. Islam Makhachev was all offensive, pressure, ground and pound, pressure, 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 and Oliveira, he tr you know, he tried to mount an offense, 
but he wasn't consistent. He just he just wasn't consistent with his offense. He wasn't constantly attacking and working things. He was pretty much kind of using his grappling to kind of stall and hold and which I was very surprised at because, you know, I was very surprised at because I figured, you know, he would given given his length and his skillful in jiu-jitsu, like, I figured he'd be a little more offensive, especially because there was moments where he he caught Magashev with a couple of up kicks. So I was surprised he wasn't more offensive from the bottom because he did throw some good attacks that almost caught Islam. But, um, but yeah, just, just the, the mounting pressure that Islam was putting was just, it, it was, it was too much for Oliveira. It was it was too much. And I think that's one of the significant reasons why he couldn't mount an offense was the pressure that Islam was putting on the bottom. It's so hard to stay consistent and constantly be active and constantly fight off and be offensive from the bottom because he puts so much pressure that a lot of guys, they tend to give up or they start trying to stall and, you know, and, and they start trying to stall and, you know, resort to in tactics. They start to stall and use tactics like that to avoid the ground because it was just they were having issues and, and when they, they were having issues. And the thing is too, is like, as I said before, it's, you know, Oliveira, you know, and, and the thing is too, is like Oliveira's game is based off of, you know, the fact that guys are afraid to go to the ground. And, you know, when I was watching him strike against Islam, Islam was the better striker was clearly the, was the better striker. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that Islam wasn't afraid to go to the ground. It was, it was the, he wasn't afraid to go to the ground. Oliveira's game is comprised of people being afraid to go to the ground with him. That's why his striking works so well is because guys don't want to tie up and get caught in a guillotine or, or get taken or get caught in his guard and get choked or anything of the sort. Islam was freely striking. He was openly striking. He wasn't holding back. He wasn't tenant. And I think that was one of the reasons why Oliveira was losing on the feet because he just couldn't because of the fact that that threat of the ground was taken away from him. Um, but, you know, you know, Oliveira, of course, he, you know, he went for a flying knee. Islam cracked him with a good hook with a right. With, it was a good right hook. Dropped him, went to the ground, and he pretty much just got him in an arm triangle, which you can land if you had, which you can get if you either are extremely strong or if you have really good technique. And unfortunately, fortunately for Islam, he has both. He has really good technique, and he has really, and he is extremely strong. Because when he locked that up. Oliveira immediately tried, you know, Oliveira immediately just let go of the let let go of the lock, let go of the half guard and let Islam pass because he was and, and that's a trick that a lot of guys use. When someone has a really good arm triangle, that's something that they try to use to create space so they can get out of it as the person's trying to turn to lock in the arm triangle more, but it didn't it it just didn't work for Oliveira this time. I mean you know, it, it just didn't it just didn't work for Oliver and you know, he tapped him out. I mean, it was a good fight. I think it's just the the significant factor was the pressure and the fact that Oliver didn't have the threat of the ground. And there were some other things too that I noticed, but um 
but uh, I'm gonna there. But I'll put that in the next part. Uh, I, there's gonna be a part two. I'll put that in the next part of the podcast. There'll be a part two where I'm gonna rewatch some of these fights because um, I wanted to watch the first two pl- preliminaries on the main card that I didn't get to see, and I wanted to watch those and I wanted to see those, especially the Daryush fight. I didn't really get to watch much of it because I was I was doing multiple things, so. So, definitely, I'm gonna watch. De- definitely, I'm gonna watch the rewatch the fights and give a part two, and a more in depth breakdown. Especially, you know, the Sugar Sean Peter Yan fight. A lot of people are, there's a lot of people who are crying robbery, which I agree. But of course, there are those people who are trying to use the cop out of, oh, this was a close fight, or oh, he did, or he did more damage. The rules, or you know, he did more damage. Though you know, because the rules say damage trumps everything. And then of course the recent one, Yan tried to Yan continued to take him to the ground because Sugar Sean was the better striker, or the best one I've been hearing was, oh, Sugar Sean was piecing Yan up on the feet. That's why he took it to the ground, <laughs> which is. Totally not true, but um, seeing as there's a lot of idiots out there trying to make the argument that it was a close fight, or as well as make the argument that Sean was beating Yon on the feet, you know, I will do a breakdown dispelling that. And there's a couple of things I missed that I just, I need to rewatch the Islam Makachev, you know, I need to watch that that main event again because there's a couple things that I noticed at the Taylor end before the stoppage. So I need to rewatch it again so I can give further detail. But from what I from for, but from what I've seen so far, Islam's pressure and the fact that the threat of the takedown wasn't there for Oliveira made it hard, harder for Oliveira to really do. It made it harder for Oliveira to do the work to for to let his striking go, and it made it hard. It made it hard for Oliveira to really let his strikes go off. So, you know, and um, yeah, it's just yeah. But congrats to the new champ. Part two will be coming tonight, maybe tonight. I I mean tonight the fights were shown in the morning, so I'll probably watch them tonight, and then I'll watch them tonight, and then. Give you guys a breakdown right after, or just watch the fights. Give you the breakdown right when the fights are happening. But uh, we'll see, definitely.